0: From WDBM East Lansing,
1: you are listening to The The
0: Undercurrent, our weekly news
2: and storytelling program made by and for the students of Michigan State University. You
1: are listening to The The Undercurrent.
3: Ashante, dear listener, thank you for tuning in to our Valentine's Day episode of The Undercurrent. I'm your host, Sophie Sagan, and you are listening to Season 13, Episode 3. This is the fifth Undercurrent Valentine's Day episode, and in the past we've observed that first love is weird, and then love is still weird, love is always weird, and this time we've decided that enough is enough. Love's not weird. Love's not weird because it's all around us every day, even in the places where we're not looking. But this time, we decided to look very close to home and almost exclusively found stories in and around the radio station. And I keep saying we because this week is a very special week and that a person I love is co-hosting The Undercurrent, Assistant News Director Taylor Holterman.
4: Hello, it's me,
3: Je t'aime. So... Taylor and I wanted to host the episode together this week, mostly because we have two very different outlooks on Valentine's Day in general. For me, Valentine's Day is one of my favorite holidays. I don't get moody. I kind of like the um, the cheesiness and the celebration of all kinds of different love. That's the way I see it anyway, and so... I'm, I'm not a Valentine's Day hater, unlike others.
4: I wouldn't necessarily call myself a Valentine's Day hater, per se. I'm happy for people who can be happy on Valentine's Day, but I think the last time I had a good Valentine's Day was back in elementary school, so it's not my favorite holiday.
3: And that's fair enough. And today, we're going to look at three stories that have to do with love, but in a lot of different senses of the word. As you're going to see today, we really lead into our love of the impact and our impact people and a couple people from outside the impact. And I think we're going to see that with the first story that we've got today. It was made and produced by Matt Anikie, a new news reporter for Impact, and also Nick Saba. They went out uh, onto the MSU campus and were looking to embrace the common and everyday shows of affection and also some of the not-so-great stories of love that our fellow MSU students and Spartans have experienced throughout their years. Here's Matt.
1: For Valentine's Day, Nick Seva and I set out to find some help in our love endeavors by learning new pickup lines from MSU students. This is my best one. Do you look both ways before you cross my mind?
2: Hey, my name is Microsoft. Can I crash? <laughs> I'm so late.
1: Are you from Hawaii? Because hi. Are you Israeli? Because you Israeli hot.
5: Are you Australian? Because you meet all of my qualifications.
3: <laughs> I lost my teddy bear. Can I cuddle you instead?
1: My love for you is like diarrhea. I just can't hold it in. After learning from MSU's best and brightest, we then had to know what a perfect date is like.
5: All right, so um, my senior year of high school, I was on uh, dual enrolled, so I had a college class as well. I was in one of my classes and this guy comes in the class with like roses and a teddy bear and chocolates. I had met I'd met him like the week before. and he asked me he asked me out on a date and I was like, okay, I cannot say no. like this is too sweet, right? So we go bowling and I didn't really know. I was awful at bowling, didn't know how it worked. And first of all, I lost. He let me win the first one, but second one, I lost. And I didn't know that there was this like untold rule in bullying that you couldn't play when the person next to you was. So that was really embarrassing, too. <laughs> I lost. <laughs> I went on a, a second date with somebody out of my own hesitation, um, but decided I would do that. And he decided to tell me a story um, pretty much unprovoked. I just asked him why he hadn't ordered the item that he was craving. And he said, Well, I don't want to happen to me what happened yesterday. And of course, I said, Well, what happened yesterday? And he was a truck driver and he proceeded to tell me the story. And he said, Well, I was driving truck and I was in the way station line and I just, I felt it bubbling and I just, I couldn't hold it anymore. I just couldn't hold it. And it just, woo, did it stink? I, I just, my eyes bugged out. I lost my appetite. I couldn't, so needless to say, we didn't go on any more dates after that. But he was still awfully confused as to why date ended poorly.
1: Unfortunately, we must have gotten some bad advice because this is what MSU students really think of Valentine's Day.
5: I love Valentine's Day because I think it's a great way to show everybody you love them and everybody needs love. They need to be hugging, kissing, and giving cards and chocolate on Valentine's Day. I don't really think much of it. I think just Valentine's Day doesn't quite capture like what,
3: what actually love is. I think Valentine's Day is very
5: Materialistic, and I mean, in some ways it can show love, but I think love is actually like giving of yourself to someone else, and um, like for someone else for their good. And Valentine's Day like well, can do that if you buy, um, buy someone something or something. I don't think it quite captures that. I think it serves its purpose, but it's a very commercial holiday, and it's obvious of the commercial purpose it serves. Valentine's Day is kind of. Can I eat puffs? <laughs> it's uh, just kind of um, not super like lovey. I feel like it's become very like capitalist in the sense that like you have to buy your significant other or something and like do this big extravagant thing when like you could just be nice to your significant other on a daily basis and like cover the same kind of idea so
1: yeah. For Impact Student Radio this is Matt Anikie.
3: Again, that was Matt Anikie and Nick Sabah. They went out to talk to MSU students on the street about how they go about finding love. Taylor, do you have any favorite pickup lines?
4: The best pickup line that was ever used on me was when a guy sent me um, some gifts of pickup trucks racing around and then said, Isn't my pickup line the best? and i like racing so that really really hit me in the heart uh, Yeah, <laughs>
3: that's pretty funny that's pretty clever that's a long uh that's the long con yeah of that a pick was a up. commitment <laughs> dang i like it all right up next we've got a story that i produced um with the help of two of our fellow impact employees andy campbell and amber Konetsky. you might uh Recognize Amber's name from the end credits. She is our programming director. And Andy is our promotions director here at The Impact. I asked them to sit down and do the 36 questions that lead to love. These questions were actually initially conceived by Dr. Arthur Aaron over 25 years ago when he was attempting to see if you could replicate or create love and intimacy in a lab setting. Um, So he came up with 36 questions that accelerated intimacy between two people so i asked amber and andy to sit down and get to know each other just a little bit better and here's them
2: i haven't been on a date like a first date since i was um 20 maybe i was 19 man uh, i think i was 19 that's weird i'm getting older I haven't been on a first
6: date since I was, <laughs> let's say, fifteen. Are you leaving,
3: Amber and Andy? I wow! Have six questions.
2: All right. <clears throat>
6: You're
3: leaving. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All Come right. On. Y'all ready to fall in love? <laughs> All right. Uh, let's fall in this love pit.
6: I'm down. Let's go.
2: Okay, first question. Question number one. Let's go. Given the choice of any, anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? I don't have any strong feelings either way about this one. I I like eating. I kind of like eating alone a lot.
6: <laughs> You're a freak for that one.
2: As a dinner guest, I don't know. I'm not like a good conversationalist with, with people that I don't really know. Yeah,
6: I also feel like if it were someone that I hold like super high opinions of, that like I would be like too nervous to like have a conversation with, like I have a list of people that I wouldn't want to have over.
2: (laughs) I'm a big believer in don't meet your heroes. Like I never want to meet snail mail. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to be famous in what way?
6: Okay, okay. I feel like growing up, and, like, Loki, like, even now, I've always had... I don't want to say, like, a fantasy, but it's kind of, like, this thought, like, oh, when I get famous. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, do you ever see, like, celebrities, like, acting, like, a certain way? And I'm like, oh, like, I will never do that when I get famous.
2: <laughs> no, I've never done that in my life. Or,
6: like, if I get famous.
2: I um have never thought that. If I... I think that the ideal, like, fame situation is, like, a Frank Ocean type thing. Yeah. Where, like... You hate your fans. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I definitely agree. It was just like growing up, like I always wanted to. And I assume that like everyone had the opportunity to magically become famous if they wanted to.
2: If I were to become famous.
6: Share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life.
2: Okay. When I was in my senior year of high school, I took a, um, a creative writing class. And uh, my current girlfriend in there.
6: This is your current girlfriend, or your mm, my, my then girlfriend. Okay,
2: her name. I'm not gonna give. Uh, I'm gonna give her a name, but it's gonna be a fake name. We will call her Anne. Anne was in there, you know, whatever. Um, and then my ex girlfriend was also in that class. I, I I will call her
6: Anne too. Anne too.
2: <laughs> uh, we had to write a story about uh our first kiss. And, like, I was like, oh, that's embarrassing. Like, I got to write about the story. And and usually, like, these, like, free write type things that they tell us what to do don't really go anywhere. So, like, we write all this. And then our, like, teacher is, like, going around the room, like, asking people to share. And then I had to tell the story about, like, it was, like, tell in, like, intimate detail, like, your first kiss. And Stop. I had to, like, tell, like, this narrative of how... I kissed my, kissed Anne too for the first time. That's in, messed up. In front of everybody.
6: That's so messed up. Your teacher was like, I'm going to ruin some lives today. <laughs> so I'm going to tell about the time I peed myself in second grade. <laughs> Which is like, okay, so like second grade, uh, honestly, too old to be peeing on yourself at school. Like, it was like one of those circumstances where like I had to like wait so long to go use the bathroom. And I remember I was, like, speeding down the hallway, like, probably in, like, my, like, light-up shoes or something. <laughs> um, and I get to the stall, and, like, I was just, like, I, like, all I can, like, hear in my head is, like, just, like, the, like, uh, like, the buckle, like, I'm hitting about, my hands, yeah. like, because I couldn't get it undone. I was so, like, I, so, like, I'm just, like, trying to, like, unbuckle my pants, and then, like, I, it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. I, like, there was, like, a puddle of, like, you know, like, child like gold pee on the floor (laughs) um (laughs) describing pee as gold (laughs) like you know it was like uh, like uh like i had drank like nothing but like juice that whole year (laughs) and the girl in the stall next to me is like is that pee (laughs) And I'm like, no, no, I, I spilled my drink, and I just like, don't Me. finish peeing, like don't wash my hands, like run down the hallway. What were you gonna say?
2: Me drinking in the bathroom stall, <laughs> actually like, turning my cup upside down, going, oh no, my juice. But like, f- it golden. <laughs>
6: <laughs> it gets worse. What? No! <laughs> Finish peeing on myself and go back to my classroom. Oh my god, I tried to like wave my teacher out to me because I'm like in the hallway, like dripping pee down the hallway, like still wearing my pee pants. <laughs> and she comes out and she's like, Did you? And I'm like, I did. <laughs> so <clears throat> she gave me like this big pair of like sweatpants that she had. Imagine a second grader wearing like, like, like- grown woman sweatpants um and she puts like a big sweater around my waist like i'm just wearing like a big like fleece sweater and like gray sweatpants that are bigger than i am yeah and she puts you know like those uh i don't remember the brand it's like that bubblegum brand that has like the blue wrapper they used to come in, like, those big tubs of gum, like Hubba Bubba or something. Yeah. It was just, like, this big oh, empty. yeah. She, like, stuffs my dirty pee pants and underwear into the bucket, and I had to take the bucket home with me. I was just stuck wearing grown adult sweatpants and carrying around my pee bucket <laughs> all day.
4: That's brutal.
2: Yeah. <laughs> coming back from that. <laughs> um, if you could change anything about the way you were raised, oh, God, what would it be?
6: Uh. <laughs> uh um blanket answer everything, yeah, um, I just feel like I grew up with like really like strict, intense parents mm-hmm. um
2: yeah, that's fair. I kind of grew up the opposite. Like, my parents were pretty laissez-faire, but, like, somehow I, like, still ended up being, like, a really anxious mess.
6: That's what I was going to say. It's, like, kind of, like, that fear of, like, always, like, getting in trouble over, like, really weird things.
2: Yeah. Like, I yeah. was a
6: good kid, but, like, the thing is, like, I would get in I would get in trouble for the randomest things, like, just, like, breathing sometimes. Like, I'd get yeah. in trouble. So, like, it has given me, like, a lot of anxiety, like, day-to-day now about, like, I guess just general, like, power dynamics, like,
2: Dude, I'm so afraid of getting arrested. <laughs> I've never been in trouble with the law in my life. When I was a kid, I remember being really afraid of going to prison.
6: Alternate sharing something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner. I just feel like you like genuinely like care how people are doing. Like there is oh. like not a day. Like, you know when people ask you, like, how are you doing? And like you're supposed to just be like, I'm good. What about you? Like yeah. you're like, like every time you ask me, like you genuinely like want to know. And I feel like that's like a good quality like actually checking in on your friends
2: i think that you are a very thoughtful person in a way that not a lot of people are i think that you are very in tune to what is going on around you and i respect that a lot okay Okay. thank you
6: for that therapy session um do we have any closing remarks are we wait are we
2: in love i'm sorry
6: (laughs) (laughs) um this is hard. Like, I feel like I like loved you like before this. Like, you're one of my best friends. I love you more. If that counts,
2: it's a very interesting thing to do. It's very yeah, nice to this talk was to your fun. friends about questions like this.
6: Honestly, this is like a typical like Friday night one AM session for very, Andy very true. and I. Yeah,
2: yeah. Sand's doing dishes though. Yeah. Usually <laughs> doing dishes
6: up. and then getting yelled at by his roommate.
2: All right, I gotta go pee.
6: Okay. Bye, Sophie.
2: Bye, Sophie. Oh, damn. Uh, We went deep. Holy shit.
3: Oh, we're done. Okay, again, that was Andy Campbell and Amber Konetsky answering the 36 questions that lead to love. Taylor, okay, let's answer question number nine. For what in your life do you feel most grateful
4: I think I feel most grateful for. I don't know if it's bad to say my privilege, but like I'm very privileged um, to be attending such a wonderful journalism school and to have a job that I love filled with amazing coworkers and parents who support me and great friends. Just like my whole life is in a real great spot, and I feel like I'm lucky to be where I'm at.
3: I agree. I feel very um, grateful that I have the the resources and support to try out things like this podcast and do things um, that I like to do and to have the support and the resources to try things out. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Taylor, you need to tell me about the last piece that we did this week um, because you sat down with two more impactors.
4: Yeah, so I got to sit down and talk to the co hosts of the Sci Files, who are actually engaged uh, Chelsea Boodoo and Daniel Puentes. And Sophie and I have the privilege to edit their work um, for their podcast every week. And I wanted to get to know a little bit more about them. And I think their story really touched me. I'll say that.
3: Okay. I'm excited to listen to it. Here's Danny and Chelsea impact power couple.
4: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I haven't enjoyed a Valentine's Day since I handed out little square cards taped to boxes of heart candies to all the kids in my second grade class. That doesn't really make a lot of sense for a hopeless romantic who cries during the sad parts of rom-coms next to her bookshelf of Nicholas Sparks novels. Alas, the air of love-related feelings surrounding February 14th has eluded me for all of my adult life. But my personal issues with Valentine's Day were not going to stop me from finding a love story that could rival the notebook to share with you on this episode. Luckily for me, I didn't have to look very far. You may not know this because they haven't really discussed it on air, but Chelsea Budu and Daniel Puentes, co-hosts of Impact 89FM's very own The Sci-Files, are engaged to be married and have a love story that put even me in the Valentine's Day spirit. Chelsea is working towards her Ph.D. in biomedical engineering, and Daniel is working towards a Ph.D. in physics and astronomy here at Michigan State. Other than co-hosting their podcast, they also lead MSU's SciCom a student organization focused on promoting awareness of science communication. But their story begins long before MSU, before they even moved from Florida to Michigan. Actually,
0: I'll let them tell you. Danny and I first met in 2014 because I was not doing well in my chemistry class.
1: Well, I first knew of her when my fraternity brother had reached out to me and told me that he knew of someone that I would be interested in that also needed assistance with a chemistry course.
0: Get his number, and I was like, "Oh, hey, I'm Chelsea." And then, like, he already knew about me because, like, his friend was actually his pledge brother in his fraternity, and he like apparently texted him everything about me.
1: We had agreed to meet up in the library. Great place to find your significant other, in my opinion. And I remember just uh, looking around wondering, all right, I wonder what this person looks like. I saw her in this flowing dress and I thought to myself, oh, that might be her.
0: I remember like walking up the stairs and then walking to the table and like seeing him because my first impression was like, oh, is this my tutor? So like he was like, well, he still is pretty cute.
1: (laughs) I was so distracted by her appearance that it was very difficult for me to actually be able to help her through her mastering chemistry homework sets
0: i remember like i was like trying to focus and i was like man his eyes are really green i was like focus chelsea this is why you're not passing chemistry because you can't focus on it
1: i do remember her uh, catching her staring at me at some points during the tutoring session and you know uh, i was not sure at the time if it was just because she had a liking to me or if i just had something on my face
0: point of the story is i actually did pass chemistry
1: So obviously I made the first move.
0: Even though I thought he was cute, I was not gonna like pursue something because seriously, I was really just trying to pass the chemistry class, but he kept texting me and then like, we got along really well. One of the first things that we did was like, he asked me to go have sushi with him and then like meet his whole fraternity.
1: You know how these things go, you talk. Took a couple of dates for me to actually grow the courage to try and kiss her, but luckily yeah, she reciprocated and it was very nice.
0: I tell my parents, I'm like, oh, there's this thing at the observatory and there's this guy I'm kind of talking to. He was, like, I guess trying to impress them and stuff because he showed them Jupiter and they were, like, blown away. And my parents were like, oh, my gosh, I've never seen Jupiter before. And then they saw the moon and they're like, this is amazing. And I really loved seeing, like, how engaging he was with them. And then I was just like, wow, like, this is actually really nice, you know, that my parents like him and stuff and that he's super smart and he's funny and, and whatnot and, like, I had already known him for, like, nine months by then, and so, like, I was already, like, telling myself, like, oh, you know, like, I, I think this guy's the one, but, like, that was, like, the moment that, like, solidified it, I think.
1: I always knew that I wanted to ask her to marry me under the Northern Lights. The reason why is because some of our first experiences included going to these different star parties that I would take her to when I used to work at the observatory on Florida International University's campus.
0: We were getting all these notifications that the KP for the Northern Lights or the Aurora was going up, so the solar flares were really intense. So. Like we said, like we're scientists, so we're like keeping an eye on that because we want to see the northern lights because we're from Miami and that's not going to happen down there. And we were like, oh, the northern lights might happen today. So Danny's like, all right, let's drive another two hours up north to Muskegon.
1: Part of me was very questionable about, oh, is that actually it? Is that just the lights from across the lake? I was very skeptical. We took out our camera. We increased the exposure to try and see these northern lights. And voila they showed up in our pictures and that's when in my mind i was like okay uh, this operation's has got we're gonna do this and meanwhile i'm super nervous but she's probably wondering
0: and he was like really stressing it and we get there and he's just like really nervous and i'm like i don't know what's wrong with him and i'm like maybe because it's so late and we've driven so much
1: she wanted to take pictures of both of us in different poses and i was thinking to myself oh I'll show I have a pose for you don't worry I got quite the pose for you and uh, after a couple of taking pictures with poses I was like all right here uh, set it up and I have another uh, picture idea that I want to do with you so she goes and sets it up and by the time she comes back she's like wondering where I went and then she looks down and she sees me on one knee Uh, and that's when I open the box I'm like you know I give my whole spiel I'd ask her to marry me with all that lovey-dovey stuff that I won't include in this interview. Happily, she said yes.
0: And then it was also really emotional because he proposed to me with his grandmother's ring. So it was a really nice and wonderful experience.
1: To me, I don't have to think about whether or not I do love Chelsea or not. It's more of I can feel it in my both the soul and heart that this is the person that I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with
0: at the real end of the day like even if we're not together for like 24 hours like i miss him you know and it's the person that whenever anything happens like i'll rush to tell him you know or even in a bad day that he will still like always make it better you know i I guess maybe that i've never had to question if i love him or not is probably like how you know if you're in love because if you have to question it then do you really love them like it's something that's just so natural to me like i i can't even think about like life without him
1: at the end of the day doesn't matter how hard of a day that I did have, I know that I can say this confidently, when I come home and she's there, it makes my day feel a lot better. I feel like I have a reason to smile. So I think that's how I know that I'm in love.
4: Now if that story didn't give you all the Valentine's Day feels, I'm not sure anything will. For Impact Student Radio, I'm Taylor Halterman. If you're interested, you can hear Chelsea and Danny on air every Sunday at 9.30. And their podcast is also up on impact89fm.org, along with ours, if you want to hear ours. <laughs> and their next big project is actually speaking of love their Sci-Files one-year anniversary party, which is going to be on March 14th from 6 to 9 p.m. at The Grid.
3: I'm excited to go to that. Yeah. Well, that's it for our show. Uh, I just want to say that, Taylor, I love you. I love you too, Sophie. Don't graduate. Ah! Don't <laughs> remind me. Okay. Uh, and I love you too, listeners. I'm so glad that you joined us this morning. And, of course, a quick shout-out to our... General Manager Jeremy Whiting, our programming directors Amber Kanutsky and George McNeil, and to our station manager Joe Dandren. Um that's all I've got for this week, Taylor. What do you think? How's uh how's Valentine's Day looking to you from here?
4: My Valentine's Day this year might be okay, we'll see. I don't want to I don't want to say anything too soon. Uh but if you struggle on Valentine's Day like I have so many times in the past or you just don't vibe with the whole love thing Uh, I think a valid option is to maybe just listen to some February by Beach Bunny or February 15th by Hobo Johnson on repeat and then you could also go to the El Paso Zoo website, elpasozoo.org and name a cockroach after your ex to be fed to various zoo animals from February 14th to 16th in honor of Valentine's Day
3: Wow, what a great way to celebrate. I myself will be eating some candies. And let's not forget also about the the precursor to Valentine's Day, Galentine's Day.
4: Yes, ladies. It's
3: all one big celebration. And I got to say, I think Galentine's Day makes Valentine's Day just that much better. Without Galentine's Day, Valentine's Day would be not nearly as exciting. So that's what I'll be doing next week. And I'm excited for it. I hope all of our listeners also have a wonderful Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day, the hour of it. Day. Broentine's <laughs> Day. And, of course, the time that it takes you to name that cockroach after your ex. Good luck with that. You've been listening to The Undercurrent on WDBM East Lansing. We'll see you next.
5: You've been listening. You've been listening to, to the, the Undercurrent. Undercurrent. The Undercurrent. From WDBM
2: East Lansing.